I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, everybody. It's the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast. I'm your host, Craig Lindell. We are part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. I've been thinking a lot about them lately as the playoffs have moved along without the Cleveland Browns. I've had lots of lots of things to talk about with people on Twitter, lots of things to think about and not engage in on Twitter. Um, so I want to address some of the the narrative, some of the things that I've seen. Um, so let's kick it right off with uh, obviously the biggest question about the Browns heading into the future is what they're going to do at quarterback. They've got Baker Mayfield coming back on his fifth year option. The speculation is rampant that they could try and get Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, and obviously the Kirk Cousins uh, stuff ramps up because their executive Quasi. I'm sorry, I don't know the rest of his name. Um, he he moves from Andrew Berry's staff in Cleveland to the Minnesota Vikings, where Kirk Cousins has a ginormous cap number, I think, in the last year of his deal there. And so, yeah, the, the speculation is going to go crazy. And so um, uh, the narrative that I've been seeing a lot is, well, we know what we have in Baker Mayfield and people just presuming that it's time to move on. Now, I can agree that we kind of know what we don't have in Baker Mayfield. I think we know for a fact that we do not have Patrick Mahomes. We do not have Josh Allen. We don't have a, a, a an MVP candidate caliber quarterback year in and year out. That's, I think that's uh, cemented and I, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that that's true. Um, if if we did have an MVP, MVP candidate in our quarterback here in Cleveland, we wouldn't have to look so hard. That's obvious. But what I, I, I also don't think we have uh, even one season of Drew Brees or or the, all the all the comps that people liked. We might have uh, we might have Brett Favre. Maybe I don't know. Um, anyway, the more more. Uh, relevant to the moment we don't we don't know everything there that we need to know about baker mayfield and that's a really frustrating point for us um the browns wasted a lot of time with this guy um some of it's baker's fault and and he's his own worst enemy in a lot of cases but there's just no denying the fact that they kind of wasted the first two years um his rookie year was hugh jackson and then an interim coach, Greg Williams. Year two was Freddie Kitchens. Year three was his best year, and that was with Kevin Stefanski. And then year four was his second year under Kevin Stefanski. Everything imploded. His his injury was there. And the whole season just didn't go the way the Browns wanted it to go. And it wasn't just Baker Mayfield's fault. There were a lot of things going on. And, and Baker Mayfield contributed his injury contributed 
I think Kevin Stefanski had a bit of a sophomore slump at times. I, I think uh, Austin Hooper didn't play well. Uh, key injuries, not to just Baker Mayfield, but um, Kareem Hunt is the most important player on the Cleveland Browns in a lot of ways. And him missing, he's like a first down machine when it comes to, uh, to, to moving the sticks and keeping an offense going. He opens up so much for other players, including his quarterback, um, so to, to, and, and Nick Chubb, to be honest. Um, so missing him for basically the entire season, he played what six games. And I think it was partial in two of them. So he really only played four games. Um, there was so much more. And so w- what we found out about Baker Mayfield is that we'd like to think that 2020 Baker is, is more relevant to who he actually is, but you can't bank on it. And I understand that people are decidedly not wanting to give him a contract. Like I used to, I, I said coming into 2020, I wanted to give him a contract. If, if you read some of the, the season preview stuff, uh, people thought that Baker Mayfield was going to take a step forward or, or at least match his 2020 and earn his deal. I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out or playing any gotcha stuff, but you know, I'm, I read all of Zach Jackson's stuff his, his predictions for the season were that Baker Mayfield was going to have a good year and earn that contract. Now, um, it didn't happen, and you have to react to relevant details when they're presented, and we have new details. But I, I think it makes sense to just kind of ride out that fifth year, not because we think Baker, Baker, yeah, Baker Mayfield can be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. We, we kind of, that ship has sailed. But... This idea that the Browns don't already have Kirk Cousins, they don't already have kind of an Alex Smith level, um, a broken down Matt Ryan, an old Matt Ryan, they, they don't have the equivalent of that already in Baker Mayfield, healthy coming into his fifth year, that's, that's kind of silly. Um, obviously, if there's some way the Browns can get Aaron Rodgers with this roster, they have to kind of do that. But until such time as that shows itself, I, I don't think pay, paying 40 plus million to Kirk Cousins makes a whole lot of sense. That's a really expensive insurance policy. Um, that it's, it's, uh, that also puts a ceiling on your team. That also puts a ceiling on your team. And you look at the conversations that have been happening this week about San Francisco and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and people are averse to a ceiling. So if you're if you're going to accept the fact that there might be a ceiling on the quarterback position in 2022, I would prefer continuity and seeing one more year of Baker Mayfield to see if he can do 2020. Cause if he can do 2020 and the Browns bring back the 2021 defense, um, we could be, we could be in a, in a big playoff push and a playoff run, not because of Baker distinctly, but not in spite of him either, you know? Um, And that's really all you can ever ask for out of a guy like Kirk Cousins. He's not going to win you playoff games, but you don't want to lose because of him. Um, And that's, that's really what we're talking about. All right, second narrative. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. If you think Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are going to risk their futures on Baker Mayfield, you're crazy. Kevin Stefanski could be on the hot seat after next year if they don't make the playoffs. Okay. This is just old Browns fan thinking that has to die. Kill it with fire. Shoot it into the sun. That's a Haslam problem. Nobody has been more on the case of the Haslam family than I have over the years. I had a whole campaign where I wanted them to sell the team. Uh, obviously, that is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. I never had any power. I never thought that was actually going to happen. But if you think that bringing the first overall quarterback selected in his fifth-year option, bringing him back, is risking the future of a coach who was hired two seasons ago and a, and a general manager, you're, you're building an organization for the long term. If anybody in this organization, from the coach to the GM, is one relatively logical decision away from losing their gig just because it doesn't work out, get out of here with that. That's an ownership problem. If that's the problem we're fighting against, if that's the, the thing that we're making moves to avoid, we've already lost. The team has already lost, okay? If the Haslam's haven't learned from firing Chud, from, uh, from Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson and, and Freddie Kitchens and all the different hires and front offices and different people who've been in and out of Berea over the years, if they haven't learned by now, then we're already lost. So don't give me that line about how the reason the Browns can't bring Baker Mayfield back is because these guys are on the hot seat and they're not going to risk their future on the fifth-year option of the former first overall quarterback who was selected by a previous GM. They didn't even select the guy. They're making do with the variables in front of them that they inherited when they took the job. And that's just how it goes. It's not like, uh, that's, how, that's how any organization develops and is organized over time to react to the variables in front of them. And when you pick somebody like Andrew Barry, when you hire somebody like Kevin Stefanski, presumably it's with three quarterbacks over the, over the course of their career with the Browns. It's 17 drafts over the course of their career with the Browns. You don't pick these guys in the front office and the coaching staff to be, well, three years, let's see what they can do. And if they can't do it, they're out. Like you can't always get better by chopping an arm off and trying to replace it. We, we know this. I hope the Haslam's know this, but if we continue to use these arguments in, in debate online, with the quarterback and the, and the roster, this short-term thinking based on the stupidity 
of the beginning of the Haslam regime in Cleveland, this idea that, that flopping coaches out after a year or two or three makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. They wouldn't do it in Pittsburgh. They wouldn't do it. You just can't, you just can't do it. You can't do it. And if that's what the Browns are facing, if that's what Andrew Barry and Stefanski are facing, then, then we've already lost. We might as well not even talk about it. Talking about a quarterback in an environment like that, get out of here. Get none of it. It doesn't even make sense. I won't even entertain it. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This is Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast. On Ohio vs. the World, we'll travel back in time with the authors, historians, and even witnesses to visit the most exciting, consequential, and too often overlooked topics that have shaped America's history. There seems to be an Ohio connection to so many important moments. When you said uh, Ohio versus the world, we did some damage. So join us and we'll take a deep dive to enlighten, educate, and entertain you as Ohio versus the world makes history fun again. All right, last but not least, Odell Beckham Jr. left the Browns, was cut by the Browns, was released by the Browns. And by the way, let's start here. Um, when I hear Bomani Jones or Bill Simmons or any of these national people saying, finding, they say, you know, the Rams were fortunate because they found a team stupid enough to cut Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of a season. As if, like, the Browns just woke up one day and said, you know what? We should just cut Odell Beckham Jr. Um, that, that's what we should do. And he's playing amazingly well. He's fit in perfectly uh, that team had chemistry. They were moving. They were doing great things. Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. The, the team was great. The team was absolutely great. Um, but then the the narrative is that Odell Beckham Jr. was right about the Browns and everything he's doing now justifies everything he did. I, I'm sorry. Uh, we don't have to... You can recognize that Odell Beckham Jr. fits really well. He's playing really well. He's accomplishing a lot. I don't have to feel good for him. I don't have to justify the way he left. Even if there were other problems in the Browns locker room and some of what he did was a reaction to that, you d answering petulance and immaturity with more petulance and more immaturity to the point where you cause a team to have to release you, like I don't have to support that kind of behavior, even if other people in the Browns locker room were doing it. 
even if other, you know, other people in the Browns, there was a double standard and other people in the Browns locker room were getting away with stuff and Odell was tired of it. And so, um, I just don't have to support that. I don't. And I've already talked about how I also don't have to support, uh, the family members of players impacting the, the team, the roster, uh, and impacting the, the team itself. I don't want to be on the record about players' wives. I don't want to be on the record. I, I don't want to have to talk about players' wives, players' parents, um, players' siblings. I, I just don't want to have to do it. And honestly, I don't want to have to talk about the players and what they do on social media. So it would be much easier for me, it'd be much easier for the players if they didn't have their father posting videos, if Colt McCoy's dad didn't talk to the press after his son gets a concussion, if the player's spouses didn't comment on, on the way their, their husband is treated by fans and by media and just, just stop, just stop. Somebody get some advice to these people. It's counterproductive. It's toxic. It doesn't help them. It, if, if what they were doing on social, on social media was helping them, I'm I'd go all for it. Now you could argue that what Odell Beckham jr. Did or what his dad did that he knew nothing about wink, wink. Uh, if you buy that, I'm, I I'd like to sell you a lot of things. Um, but the, there's a lot of thinking that, well, it did work. It did get him, uh, the, the negative attention he needed to get banned from practice and ultimately released basically on his terms so that he could go uh, front run with a Super Bowl contender and perform at a high level in his role with a team that was, that was going really well and that was going all out to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I guess, yeah, sure, it worked. Um, but I, you're also talking to a guy or you're listening to a guy who was critical of Zadrunas Elgowskis signing with the Miami heat and trying to chase a ring down there. Like I, I'm maybe this is just me being old and maybe it doesn't matter because I don't control the culture, but this idea that a ring over everything else is like, is, is worth everything never has not ever made sense to me. This, this idea that Zadrunas Elgowskis was a fan favorite in Cleveland. He, he was beloved here. He is beloved here. The idea that uh, a championship ring in Miami was going to be so worth it and, and just a, a crowning achievement. I mean, if the fans matter at all, wouldn't it matter that you, you, you don't get to share it with your biggest fans or that, that I, I don't know, there's, there's like a sense in sports that we're kind of doing this together. And I think a lot of what's happened over the last 10, 15 years, obviously, since I was a kid, is that, and even a lot of the fans now support the athletes doing it for themselves and putting the athletes as individuals above teams and above fans. And I see it most in the NBA, I'll be honest. Uh, there's a lot of our league and our league is better with Steph Curry. You're not allowed to hate Steph Curry, even if you're a Cavs fan and you just like sports hate him in a rivalry kind of way. Um, but no, I don't have to feel good for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I, I liked him when he was here. I like him as a member of the Cleveland Browns. I'm not a fan of the Rams. I don't hate the Rams. I don't really hate Odell Beckham Jr. But like, 
I no, I don't have to feel good for him. No, I don't think that what he's doing now, and even if he wins a Super Bowl, I don't think it justifies the way he got himself out of town, the way he ended up getting out of town. Um, I I think it's negative. I think it's 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 bad. I think it's selfish. Um, even if the Browns had problems, he wasn't a part of the solution. He created a bigger problem until he could get a solution for himself personally that worked for him as an individual. Like that's not, we never are, that's not what we support in any part of our lives. Anybody who tries to win as an individual at work, wherever you work, you don't like, you kind of like look side-eyed at that person. And yeah, it's different in sports. And I know that many of the Browns on their roster and in that locker room are still friendly with Odell and are rooting for him and everything else. But at a certain point, what he did was at the cost of them, was at their expense. And so I, I, think, it's, I think it's hard because Odell is so famous and he's got such a huge following online and, and he's just got a gravitational pull like very few athletes have in the world. So I get it in, on the, in the one hand, but on the other hand, like I'm not in the gravitational pull. I'm, I'm not. And I don't know why everybody else is so willing to be. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And so good for him, I guess, but like, I don't, I don't have to waste any emotion on it. And it doesn't justify what he's done or the things he's said Um, I'm happy if I'm happy for you, if you're a fan of him as a player and him as a player first, I guess, but I just can't fan that way. Like you can fan that way. I can't. And I can't look at what happened with him and his exit from the Browns and, and feel good about it or feel like, well, you know, ends justify the means. Okay. I mean, not for me, not for me. And, and just like, I guess I can't tell you not to feel good about it. Um, you can't make me feel good about it. Uh, it's not It's not the way to carry yourself. It's not the way to conduct business. Uh, any more than I don't, even if I've said this about Baker Mayfield and social media, even if you despise Dustin Fox and you despise Mary Kay Cabot and you think they're horrible at their jobs, if you just don't like them, that doesn't justify the way Baker Mayfield carries himself online. I don't support, I don't think that's the way to do it. I don't think that's the way to be. I think that he's the one with the biggest audience and the biggest whatever. I think you are only responsible for how you carry yourself. And even if what, what a media member, and I won't name any names, because but even if a media member does something absolutely disgusting and deplorable, the idea that you're going to go online and carry yourself the way Baker Mayfield does, screaming clickbait and and trying to turn your army of fans against them, like, I don't support that. I don't think that's the way to carry yourself, regardless of situation, regardless of anything else. I just don't think that's the way to carry yourself. Sorry. Um, he's, he's our quarterback. He's a member of the Cleveland Browns. I... I'm a fan of his. I want him to do well. Um, but I don't agree with the way he carries himself. I'm happy that he's taking a break from social media. I hope uh, it causes him to rethink the way he utilizes it completely and totally. Because 
if you're using it as a way that turns out to be counterproductive or negative or shines a negative light on you, maybe you just shouldn't do it. And, and that's the way I feel about Odell Beckham Jr. And the ends justifying the means and everything else. Like, not for me. I think it shines a negative light on him. And uh, all this, all this uh, kind of whitewashing of it away because, uh, because he's playing well or he's accomplishing a lot. And, and a lot of people go and see Odell Beckham Jr. was right. I'm like, okay, yeah, the Browns were having a bad year. If, if that's your point, then yeah, he was right. And, and he found himself on a better team. But like if everybody carried themselves that way and, and if their situation wasn't going well, and they had their their somebody a uh, relative post a highlight video that caused such a disruption that the team had to ban them from practice while they figured out what to do if that if that that can't be standard operating procedure in the NFL that can't be the kind of behavior we support out of our athletes out of our out of our friends out of our relatives in no other scenario would we justify this thing, but because sports is an entertainment thing as well, some of you just love chaos and negativity and like to pump it up. Um, I think at least that's my take. I don't, I just don't understand it. So that's it. Those are the, the three narratives I'm attacking today. Um, I'm really excited about the Browns, uh, and their, and their future. I, I listened to Paul T D Podesta talk about, um, attacking the off season and figuring out what the Browns need to fix in the off season and seeing what Andrew Barry and the team did to fix the team from, uh, fix the defense specifically. I'm really excited to see what they do in the draft and free agency. And I really hope they do kind of go full Rams and, and go all in and all for it, whether, whether that's upgrading the quarterback position whether that's upgrading all the wide receivers, I, I want to see it all. I want to see him go for it. Um, I just, I, I would, as I said in the beginning, I, I'd, uh, I'd stop short of, of coveting um, an aging Kirk Cousins at a huge cap number because I, I think that's just trading one relatively known ceiling um, for another. So, all right, thanks so much for listening. Please check out the Evergreen Podcast Network. Please subscribe, tell a friend, share a link of this. Um, join our Discord. There are lots of ways to interact with Waiting for Next Year. Um, we'd love to have you. We, we're always looking for contributors, writers, podcasters. If you have a voice and you have something to say and you're looking for a place and an audience to say it to, um, come come see us. Come, come talk to Joe Gerberry, the Gerbs. All right? Talk to you next time. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right.
right. I think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no. Right.